0: you're listening to The Soul's Way Podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt. I'm an author, a speaker, a mentor, and I help individuals align with their soul and create the ripple effect that they came here to create. Are you ready to manifest your best life the soul's way? If so, you're in the right place and you're definitely here for a reason. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Souls Way podcast. And welcome if you're here for the first time. I'm so happy you pressed play. Welcome to the Souls Way podcast and community. I have the cutest story for you guys today. It is so adorable. It is a story about sisterly love, unconditional love. And it's a huge lesson that was a personal lesson for me that, um, I just knew I had to share it and it it was presented to me in the cutest way and actually in a dream. So for context, I have like six <laughs> I just texted my sister cuz so this lesson came to me in a dream. Which is kind of new for me actually. I've had, you know, I have pretty like I guess they're called lucid or like pretty realistic dreams, but this one Not only was it super memorable, but like later in the day, I realized, oh, that was such a message for me from spirit. So it was really cool. I think it was like the first time or one of the first times that really received such a clear message from spirit through a dream. So that's exciting. And it was also just really adorable. So, and like I said, I um, (laughs) I have like multiple personal lessons that I've been going through as I've been doing my own piles and piles of shadow work as I've been kind of telling you guys like one of the last episodes was about how I've been having to be really gentle with myself and take lots of breaks and really rest you know give it a rest here and there and rest my body and really um, rest my mind be gentle with myself because shadow work is not for the faint of heart it is exhausting being a human is hard it's exhausting but thank goodness we are souls first and human second right so anyway, through doing all of this shadow work, like specifically, I've just been diving into mostly shadow work for the last uh, six weeks. And I'm going to be doing even more with some of the other programs that I'm taking and things like that. So there's so many personal lessons that have come through that I've just kind of been sitting with, making sure I really integrate them for myself first, but I am kind of making notes of them as I go. And so um, if this one's helpful for you guys, then I can start to share some of the other lessons that I've come through. Cause even though they're specific to me, I know they're gonna they're gonna resonate with you. So once I'm fully integrated them, embody them, or at least have sat with them a little bit, then I'll start to share them. So um I'm just laughing about that because I texted my sister and asked her permission to share this story on the podcast, and I was like, no worries, if not, I got like six other lessons. <laughs> in my notes folder on my phone um but she she was laughing she's like no no go ahead and share so the, the dream was mostly about me so one of the things that i'm working on in my shadow aspect part of my shadow self right my ego so ego shadow this part is like this part of us that's not our authentic self as a soul it's parts of us that we take on because of the content of our life um meaning the circumstances we're in the family we're born into the things we go through the trauma we experience the the people that influence influence us the how culture influences us influences us all of that um and so we put on these masks and these layers and these parts that aren't the real us basically right and so the When these are so unaligned with our soul and wow, I really can't talk today. I don't know why I sat down to, I thought I was good. Like sitting down to record this, I can barely get my words out. (laughs) What am I saying? So we have all these shadow parts in us and parts of us that we took on that aren't the real us. Okay. So one of my things, one of my shadows that I took on was this need to win and i'm not talking about like a healthy competition (laughs) i am competitive but yeah it might surprise you that i am competitive even with like board games and stuff i really really like to win but i had noticed a pattern in my life that i seek external validation and i have this longing and it's been a pattern through my whole life i've had this longing of being great at something and being special at something and being known for something other than my like physical challenges differences and disabilities because for most of my childhood and even my teen years that's what people would associate me with like that's what i was known for like oh you know You're the brave little one who had all the surgeries. Or like, oh, she's that really skinny girl with the weird body. (laughs) Like, whatever it was. I was always being associated with. Or, like, even being the strong one, right? Like, um, you know, oh, you're so inspirational. All the things you've overcome. Maybe you should share about that. And my soul is just like, there's so much more to me like that. And then the shadow part, my ego kicks in. And is, like, seeking everywhere outside of myself, for validation, and for wanting recognition, when the truth is, so my soul is like, yes, I am so much more than that. But if that was just it on a soul level, if I just tune into that, which I am, you know, now learning to do, as I'm helping you guys learn to do, is tuning into that and sitting with it, and actually sitting with it and being like, wow, I am so much more than that and I am amazing and I am the most beautiful soul and I don't need anyone outside of myself to tell me that and I don't need to win a gold medal or be the top expert in anything or a number one bestseller or first place at this but growing up as a kid and even through teens and even through my 20s I always wanted to find my thing do you know what I mean some of you who are like multi-passionate might resonate with this too. A lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of us entrepreneurs, we're really multi-passionate and we're just like, we're not excellent <laughs> at any one thing in particular. We're not a master of any one thing, but we're kind of like a jack of all, like mediocre at different things. So for example, like I was into theater and acting, but could never land the main role. I would always get like a decent role with speaking parts or with a solo song right i was auntie M in the whiz and i got to sing a solo song but never got the lead part that i wanted or i was even in a speech contest funny enough as a kid and i got second place out of the whole school which i thought was amazing but like still why not first place Right. And then I thought, like, maybe chess could be my thing, join the chess clubs, you know, wasn't very good at that. (laughs) Like tried sports wasn't very good at that. Always seeking for my thing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you should just be doing it because it brings your soul joy, not because you're seeking something that you can be great at and you can be recognized in. So, I mean, I know some of you already know that, and a lot of you are naturally like totally non not competitive people but I'm just being honest and vulnerable here. Like that's that's been my pattern. And so it's also been a long time goal of mine to be like a number one best-selling author, um, to do a TED talk and to be like, see, I am known for more than my body or more than my disabilities and I'm great and I found my thing and I'm the best And seeking that validation from some sort of system, from some sort of, Crowning championship. And I had to really look at that and be like, why do I have this need? Why am I not just tuning inwards and giving myself that validation and recognition because recognition, it's already in there and that unconditional love and knowing that it doesn't change my worth in my own eyes or in the eyes of anyone else? So I was like actively kind of. Working through that, you know, just by looking at it and dissecting it and be like, hmm, why is that there? And then I realized why it's there is because I didn't want to be known for just my body and all of that stuff and my story. And people always saying, your story is amazing. Your story is amazing. And that's great. I'm I'm genuinely glad. I'm honored to have the story that I have and to share it and to help people. But does my soul have other passions? Yes. But do I need to be recognized in any of it for my story even? No, But I had to look at that, where that need came from. And so as I did that, I was looking at that kind of feel, you know, feeling my emotions as we should, because our emotions are our biggest guide, letting myself cry and actually first just letting myself cry and feel the feelings of trying my best and trying my best and trying my best. And it's still never enough. And there's been this pattern of being the second place or the third place runner up. And The pattern of that happening and then the pattern of what I make it mean about me, which is ridiculous because it doesn't mean anything about anything or anyone, but I was. And again, just being totally transparent and vulnerable here. So I was looking at all of this, feeling all the emotions of always like trying so hard and it never being enough and never being great at any one thing and never finding the thing. And then I have this dream, Okay. This dream is so adorable. So I have a dream. I'm actually competing in a some sort of bike race. I didn't tell my sister this part. This was weird. I don't know if it's relevant or not to the lesson. But I was racing in a race on... We were on bikes and we were like in the water. It was really weird. But then suddenly, I wasn't the one in the race. And it turned out... <laughs> I was in the stands with my family. With my sister, Lindsay. Actually, it was just me and Lindsay. And then the race changed, and it was a horse race, and my sister Brittany was in the race against one other person. So I don't know if the first part of this story matters where I was racing first. Maybe it does. And then I came up into the observer view, right, into the stands. And so now we're cheering on my sister, and she's in this horse race. She she does horseback riding. Um, and so she's on her horse, and her friend's on her, you know, the other horse, And they're doing this obstacle course where their horses have to go over these jumps and go around the barrels and go, you know, weave through the poles and then race to the finish line or whatever. And Brittany on her horse, she is crushing it. Her horse is like lightning speed. We're cheering so hard. She's doing so amazing. Um, And then she gets to the last obstacle. And her friend's like right behind her, too. They're both kind of neck and neck. But Brittany was clearly going to win. And then she gets to the last obstacle and her her horse panics and isn't sure if it's the right one and kind of backs up. And then the other horse zooms by, weaves through the obstacle and takes the win. And Brittany would have had it if her horse didn't freak out and mess it up, essentially. So she's kind of like, ah, you got me. She's joking with her friend and kind of pushing her. She actually like pushed her horse into the wall, which was very aggressive. Dream Brittany. Very aggressive. She like bonked her horse into the other girl's horse and like knocked her over, pretended like, you know, like joking and laughing about it and being like, ah, you got me, but I should have had it. (laughs) Ha ha. But then she comes up to the sands and there's tears in her eyes. My sister, Brittany, she comes up to me and Lindsay and there's tears in her eyes and she starts to lose it. (laughs) The sad little Brittany face when she cries and she's like, I was so close. And she starts crying and she's like i just really needed this win and i was so close and it's not fair and blah, blah 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 and i just looked at her like with so much compassion because i was sad that she was disappointed but i remember so clearly having the feeling of like so what this does not change anything i and i kissed her on her head <laughs> which is so cute Cause I just wanted to make her feel better. I was like, "Oh, don't worry, Britt, It's okay." I like patted her head and kissed her on her head, and I was like, "We're we're just so proud of you. We love you so much." And these are the things we say. Like, my mom's gonna listen and be like, "We've always said that to you. Why did you feel the need to win?" And it's true. We always say this to each other. We're a very loving, supportive family, right? But I still had that that my own desire for that validation from like society, I guess. Um, anyway, I kissed her on her head and I felt nothing but compassion for her because she was so upset, but I was just like, I just, I, it doesn't change anything about your worth. It doesn't change how much I love you. Like, I just love you unconditionally. And I just saw her with so much love and so much, like, I felt so neutral about the outcome of the race. I was like, oh, it means nothing. (laughs) Like, and of course it means nothing. But then as I, so I woke up from the dream and then I told my sister about it. And then as I went through my day, I was like, oh, Brittany represented me. And I was seeing myself like that. Right? Right? So if I could look at myself, if I could look at my sister in that way and be like, so what? If you got first or second, like, it doesn't change how much I freaking love you. It doesn't change your worth, it doesn't change anything about you or who you are and who you are as a soul. And the dream was showing me that I need to see myself that way, right? Now I'm getting like chills, (laughs) isn't that so beautiful? I need to see myself that way. It doesn't change a damn thing, win or lose, and I know people say that all the time. Um, but I was one of those competitive people that was just like, yeah, yeah, that's just something losers say. (laughs) That's just something losers say to make themselves feel better. No, like, just kidding. But, um, I did, I came from very loving parents and loving family that would always be like, you know, we're so proud no matter what. But also I had a family, or a mom, hi mom, she's probably listening, that always said like, that's pretty good. You know, like you got third place out of the whole 100 people or whatever it is or you got second place of all of Toronto that's still really amazing and she always said this like well that's still pretty good and so subconsciously I feel like I also I had that in my programming of like well pretty good anyway it's still pretty good like my parents will still be proud and but anyway why do I have the need to make my parents proud because I wasn't doing my internal work and going into my portal to my heart my soul And giving myself validation, and I feel awful. I feel, well, not awful, but I feel compassion for those of you listening, or those people out there that have families that put that pressure on them that they wouldn't have even said those things. Like, I'm proud of you, and that's really good, and that's still very impressive. You should be very proud. They didn't say those things, and you literally had to get first place, or you had to get an A plus on your paper, or you had to be the number one in your class to even be acknowledged. And sometimes even then it wasn't enough. Like I cannot obviously I chose my family for a reason because I with the things that <laughs> are in my shadow, I would not be able to deal with that because as you see, I already put this pressure on myself to achieve and to be the best at something even though it never actually happened. And then another realization I had, uh, I was telling my sister and I was telling um my friend Sydney the other day too, and Angie on their podcast that I was on. Beautiful conversation, carrying connected conversation podcasts. So uh, if you want to hear a really juicy, really deep spiritual conversation, go find that podcast and tune into my episode with them. It was awesome. So there's a little shout out for the CCC podcast, but we were talking about, and I don't know if this was on air or off air, but we were talking about how I had, that realized, yeah, I think it was on air because they asked me, what are you still working on in your shadow? Like, what are you still working on releasing? Because I talk in the book, Hold the Fire, which I was on their podcast to talk about. I talk about doing the release work, like um, directing your energy, feeling your feelings and releasing your emotions. And so I told them about this, this one big thing that I was working on, which was letting go of the need to be externally validated by like society's view of success, right? to, kind of you guys know I threw out my vision board and with all of those goals of like number one bestseller and TED talk speaker and those things because if they happen amazing I'm going to make them welcome but I'm not putting my worth on them and I'm not putting my identity on them because imagine imagine if I put my identity as okay I'm a number one New York Times bestselling author and imagine if I like affirmed it over and over and over and was like okay this is going to be my identity and the ego loves identity. So it would just eat that right up, right? <laughs> it would like take it and run. Um, ego loves to cling to identities that aren't actually us as a soul. They're just another mask, another layer that we take on. So imagine if I had put my identity on being a New York Times bestseller and then what do you know? Law of attraction kicks in as it does and I become a New York Times bestselling author because I focused on it enough. I matched my identity you know in the 3d realm i I matched my actions i matched my words i matched my feelings to that of a number one best-selling author but then what happens like even with number one best-selling books those eventually move down to number two because a new book's going to come along and take the number one spot and then they move to number three then four then five then six then seven then then they're gone completely off the list and what would happen then to my identity if it was hung up on being a number one New York Times bestselling author, and then suddenly it's like number 100 or 100,000 or not even on the list? What happens then to the ego's precious identity? That's why you see those like one hit wonders, right? We call them or like the has been celebrities who had their moment of fame. And and then after that kind of fades, or things change, or the world moves on, that person becomes miserable, miserable because their identity was linked to that. Their whole life, their worthiness was hanging on that and now it's gone. And I've actually seen this with authors too where they kind of go downhill after they get that big shiny thing that they thought was going to bring them joy and then they realize it didn't change anything within they're still seeking that external validation and then as soon as it fades or as soon as they get the critics because there's also going to be critics when you're doing great things it crumbles them because that was a false identity it wasn't you as a soul so that's obviously like being an author right that's just one example I'm just speaking on what I know because I'm an author but and um, that's a very relevant example for me but like this applies to everything right the sports you know the which team is gonna win the <laughs> Clearly, don't know anything about sports. Like, which team is going to win the Olympic gold medal or which team is going to win the championship? Well, next year or in four years or however often these tournaments are, a new team's going to win, right? Or let's say it's a singing competition. Well, you're going to be the winner. And then that's going to be your identity and your worth attached to that. But next year, they're going to have another competition. There's going to be a new winner. So we cannot. And I know this. I know this stuff logically. I know logically that we can't put our worth on anything outside of ourselves and that we can't put our identity on these kind of 3D, very, like, surface-level things, right? Because the truth is, as a soul, we're so much more... Like, who cares if you're a best-selling author? Who are you as a soul, You are radiant. You are inspiring. You are generous. You are kind. You are a friend to all. You are gentle. You are open. You are playful. You are funny. You are, um, you know, abundant. You're a goddess. You're beautiful. Like, who we are as souls is what we need to tune into and what we need to get our validation, which we don't even need, our unconditional love from. And it's unconditional. It's unconditional, like we don't know in the 3D world because it's really like a heavenly type of love that isn't jaded or tainted or manipulated in any way by the contents of life, by the circumstances that happen, by the things that we say, by the things we do, that the things other people do to us, by the size of our body, by the shape of our body, by the color of our skin, by the experiences we go through, none of that changes the unconditional love that is available to you right now and at every second of every day when you tune within. There's a divine presence in you already, and I swear the more I tune into it, the easier and easier and easier it just keeps getting to detach from outcomes. I said it a while ago, like months ago, if not almost a full year ago, that I don't have any goals anymore, any outcomes, but then obviously that shadow part of me was still lingering because we get conditioned, right, for so long as we go through this, as we go through life as a human, and being a human can be very, very, very hard, so the deconditioning can take some time to really sink in, right, so obviously there's always work to do, And there's always unlearning to do. So that was just a part of me that I um, really released recently. And that dream kind of like solidified that lesson for me, which I think was so beautiful. Like I can genuinely say, I can genuinely sit here and say now that I have zero attachment to like how my book ranks on Amazon And I don't think even a week ago that I could say that with 100%, 100% honesty. There would still be like a little part of my ego that was like, no, but if I do really well, then it means this, right? Then it means that person was wrong who said not to write the book. And that means that I am aligned. And that means that I am going to be known for something else. And that means this. And now it's just like, no, nothing means anything. I neutralize it because I'm already freaking so worthy and unconditionally loved in the eyes of spirit in the eyes of my own higher self and the eyes of God of the divine presence, all that is. So, okay. That was a much more long winded than I intended it to be, but I hope you loved it. And I hope, um, you can learn from my lesson here. That's why I share with you these things as they come up, because, It is always my intention and my hope that's going to resonate with someone. If you want to dive deep into this kind of work and work on your shadows, work on your energy, work on tuning into that divine presence within you, this is the work of your lifetime. This is the most important work that you'll ever do. I don't care if you're an entrepreneur. I don't care if you're a stay-at-home parent. I don't care if you're a doctor. I don't care if you're an athlete. Every walk of life is going to benefit from this type of work. And it takes you to the next level of spiritual really awakening, and the next level of manifesting where you're not forcing, you're allowing, you're not chasing, you're attracting. You are the human tuning fork. So this work is what we do deeply inside of Soul Legacy with like personalized attention, um, with six trainings as well. You get six trainings, but you also get six live calls with me, where we tune up your soul. We. We practice tuning into our hearts, right? To our portals of our soul. Um, And we speak and we meet soul to soul. And it's so powerful. And we work on your individualized, you know, blocks and shadows and things like that. In this round, I'm so excited. Um, So you guys know I just finished up around the very first round. And this time, I am adding three bonuses that are so juicy and just... Completely going to add to what we're doing. So there's two meditations that I'm adding: one to kind of guide you through a morning soul connection, and one to do a forgiveness release um, guided thing at night before you go to sleep. And alumni, don't worry, you're going to get access to all of the bonuses as well and any updates. And then the other bonus that I'm really excited about is a full shadow work master master class and a workbook because that is just powerful to specifically just do a deep dive into that. So. What I'm trying to say is the doors are technically open right now and they're actually on special pre-sales so check it out emilyannbrandt.com slash soul legacy and make sure you secure your spot because spots are limited and this is the last round for 2021 so hope to see you in there or talk to you soon either way stay magical stay beautiful and have an amazing day. Thanks again for listening. Since this podcast is still growing and still reaching more beautiful souls, it means so much when you guys share the episode or take a second to leave a review on Apple. It's the best way you can thank a podcaster and give us encouragement to keep the good stuff coming to you completely free. I would also love to connect with you on social media, so make sure you join the Facebook group, The Souls Way. And hit me up on Instagram or TikTok at Emily and with me, an Brant. Keep working your light beautiful and making magic happen. I'll see you next time.